I better not say too much. Tottenham topple the champions on day one. Wow! He's taken the cover off that. A splendid goal from Son Heung-min, which gets Spurs off to a fire. Hello and welcome to a bit Spursy for another week. I say that, but we haven't been doing it weekly, so it kind of doesn't make sense. But welcome back anyway. The sentiment is is the same. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. And we have uh, yet again a very special guest on today, uh, Brendan. Hello, Brendan. What's up, fellas? Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> very good to have you here, Brendan. Now, Brendan's an old friend of mine from school and uh, we've played uh, many games of football together. Uh, we also all play in the same futsal team. Well, I mean, I I haven't played yet, but um, so I don't feel like I can uh, – uh, say that I play. I feel like a, a fraud, a charlatan. Okay, now I feel bad that I've triggered you. For, uh, I'm, I'm triggered. I'm, <laughs> I'm triggered. Cool. But yes, Brendan, and also a big Liverpool fan. Or uh, how big would you call yourself uh, a Liverpool fan? Maybe maybe we can start with just a little overview of like your relationship with uh, with football in general and, uh, and, and Liverpool. Well, on the futsal thing, I'd probably distance myself from our team as well if like I was Barney or me. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it didn't end well last week. But anyway, (laughs) terrible. Um, So I've been a Liverpool fan since, I don't know, maybe early 2000s. I reckon like the Julia era was sort of where I got into it. Like the Michael Owen baggy number 10 kind of, and Robbie Fowler and... um, And then... And that's pre-Cule, right? That's like... Pre-Cule. Cule leads. Yep. Um, yeah, it was that. It was that era when it was around like two thousand and one, I reckon. And I, I think Liverpool had just won the UEFA Cup, and so they were a team that was like not amazing, but they seemed to have great personalities, and they had great supporters. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll jump on. I'll jump on these guys. I think they won the cup treble. Yeah, but it was like the minor treble. Oh, it was not the big treble. It was the UEFA Cup, the League Cup, and the FA Cup. I think. Yeah, I think that's right. But they finished, I don't know where in the league, but yeah, it was like, it was the minor treble. It was like little trophies, you know. Brent, you're talking to two Tottenham fans. <laughs> we would take a minor treble at the moment, oh, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We take a minor, minor treble any any year of the decade, whatever. <laughs> we just take a minor trophy. We just take anything. <laughs> yeah, point. we'll take anything. I mean, we did win the Aldi Cup, so. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, has uh, Liverpool ever won the Aldi Cup? Was the Aldi Cup the one that you guys like made up? Like you just invited three teams and. Uh, so anyway, so, uh, moving, so on, anyway, um... moving on. So we had a game. To... <laughs> um, we had a game uh, this morning, Australia, Melbourne time, uh, 6.45. Dan, you, uh, by, you know, having a, a, a new baby, have not been able to watch it as of yet. No, I started watching the game and then it's very difficult to tell your uh, five-month-old baby, you just wait. Mm. I need to watch this um, Carabao Cup game. Yeah. And then we'll get back to you later. So I've seen about the first 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. um, but I'm getting excited to find out now the result and hopefully the emphatic win that we had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kane trick, Son mm-hmm. Hattrick, mm-hmm. Lucas Hattrick, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Winks Hattrick. Oh, we'll have to come back to him later. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, this is like an unboxing video of your emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, of the three players, four players you mentioned, one of them scored. Um, but Let's see. <laughs> if only, if only. Um, no, but we won two one. Oh, um, great! Yeah, um, and it was like not the best 
game, but they um, don't want to say got the job done, but they they did. Like uh, Bergvine was fantastic. Uh, he scored and assisted Lucas. Um, and I cannot remember how West Ham scored and I don't care. So <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really good that Ber- that you say Bergwijn did that because from the first 20 minutes that I saw, Bergwijn was pretty rubbish. Yeah. Like he gave the ball away maybe four times mm-hmm. and I was going to go like, all right, cool. My first analysis that I can bring into the pod this, this yeah. evening is going to be what's Bergwijn doing back in the team? Mm. Um, but then I'm glad to hear that he turned around because he, I do like Bergwijn. I, I feel like he's a player... It's kind of like a player that we've just got in storage. Mm. And if he does start putting things together, it's like he's a pretty handy piece to have in the squad. Yeah, totally. Well, especially now that Conte's saying that he's a striker and he's going to be the backup uh, to, which he, he was in a partnership with Kane and Sonny was on the bench. Um, but the weirdest feeling that I had during this game was as West Ham started trying to push for an equaliser, uh, my thought was, God, we really need to bring Harry Winks on to win back control of the midfield, which is insane. Um, I was going to say let's record that, but we are recording that. Yeah. So, funny, we will play that back to his little soundbite. Yeah, yeah. At any stage in the future, should you doubt Harry again? Yeah, and he he was pretty good. He had half an hour, I think, and when he came on, he was pretty good. Um, there was one point where he gave the ball away in front of our own box, which is classic him, but for the most part, still looked good um, on from the Liverpool game. Delhi came on for like. I think it was like 15 minutes and um, did lots of running around. Um, uh, Sonny came on uh, and didn't didn't do that much. Um, but all in all, it was just kind of like a bit of a scrappy game, but uh, I think we deserved to win. And now we play Chelsea. Yeah. No, I think this is good. Like I will watch the game later tonight. Mm. But um, after, especially after losing to West Ham in the league. Yeah. Like it would have just sucked to like lose to them again mm-hmm. in the – in the cup. And even though this is, again, this is out of all the, the cup competitions that we're still in, this is the, the, the most minor yeah, um, of them, but like, I'd love to see us win something. So yeah, it's good that we're through to the next round. Although I do have fears of what that means for fixture congestion. Yeah. Considering there's two games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was kind of like, there's, there's not really much to, I don't think there was particularly anything uh, interesting that happened. Like it, it was just like a bit of a mess and we won. Okay, so, great. Yeah. All right. Done. 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 <laughs> uh, moving on to Liverpool. Uh, Brendan, what were your thoughts following the game? Just just what were your, your feelings? How did you feel? Well, it was interesting. You, I couldn't tell whether you were mocking Winks like just now about the League Cup because like after watching the Liverpool game, that was the best Winks game I think I've ever seen. Me too. He was incredible. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like Conte's sort of unpacked something there. Um, and he seems to not be playing sideways passes and everything. Everything, like the through balls, he must have had like three or four key passes that were just incredible. Um, so I don't know why I've started on Harry Winks. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a good game. Like the shining beacon of the squad that he's become. Yeah, that he's become. Well, like Dan, uh, I don't know if you know this, Brenda, but Dan made me a Harry Winks fan club T-shirt because I've ragged him out so many times on this podcast. Right, and okay. And would feel so angry every time I saw him in the starting lineup. And this morning watching the West Ham game was the first time I'd ever worn the shirt, not ironically. <laughs> like I genuinely yeah, yeah, yeah. was like, yeah, this guy rules. <laughs> Yeah, so were you upset watching the Liverpool game and seeing Harry just like dominate the midfield? Oh, no, I was I was like overjoyed because yeah, yeah. I'd gone I've gone beyond the like ragging on him phase to now 
feeling guilty about that. And then so now. Because he was totally frozen out, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, like, big time. Through the Mourinho and Nuno, well, not so much Mourinho, but certainly Nuno, he, he was not getting a run at all. Mm, yeah. Um, he was buried. Yeah, it's like he came, he played maybe one or two games, I think, under Nuno, or he started, or like not important games to Nuno or anything like that. But yeah, he's definitely been buried for a while. But also, it's he has been a player that fans have been calling for him to be dug up and unburied. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like it's, I think we kind of had thought just to look as a fan base, like Winks is kind of done. And it's like he showed a lot of promise when he first came through, but it's like, all right, here's just another example of a, a footballer who wasn't quite good enough to push on at this level and really should leave and go to like a, you know, a, a mid or lower table team in order to get some game time and get their career back on track. So I think like if we had sold him last window, I don't think there would be many fans who were like, Oh wow! That what a shame! What a shock! Yeah, I was certainly in the Barney camp. Like in terms of like, I would have worn one of those t-shirts for sure because I thought Harry Winks was majorly overrated, especially when he was getting England caps. And it's like, you know, you you can sort of tell with some players where they're like they're upping their pass completion rate just through like side passes and back passes. And it's like that Harry Winks was the epitome of that kind of footballer. Mm. Um, but Liverpool, he was he was impressive. Yeah, I can't tell you the the level of doom and gloom when it came out through ITK maybe like an hour or so before kickoff that our midfield was Deli Alley and Harry Winks and the meltdowns that were happening already. And then for both of them to put in the shifts that they did was uh was great. And then to have all, all these guys, <laughs> all these middle-aged men be like, well, I have said some bad things about them, but credit where credit's due. They're quite good. Um, well, I think, Barney, even on that, before the game, like, because the game, it was 3.30 a.m. kickoff. Correct. And I think so the lineup came out around 2.30. And then you had committed and said you were going to stay up and watch it. Yep. I was like, I just don't think I can do a 3.30 kickoff tonight. Um, and then when that lineup came up and it was like a midfield of like Tongi, Delhi, and Winks, and I think I messaged you, I was like, lol, well, good luck with this one. Have fun. I'm going to bed, loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was wrong. I was wrong. You weren't the only one because Glenn Hoddle, like just two minutes before kickoff is like, oh, well, you know, having just seen the lineup, you know, I'm not sure what Conta is on here. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can't put that, lo- that, that lineup against Liverpool. They're just going to get killed. Yeah, and I was that's what I was so worried. I was like, Phew. like before even seeing Liverpool's lineup, because just knowing how they play in general, and just like, what this is not going to be pretty. Like, this could be a, one of those disaster results, which I don't think we've had for a little while now. The last one was probably like a 6 1 loss to City or something a few seasons back. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, were the, you know, the Nuno 3 0 games, were they disasters? Oh, they were disasters on a different level. I guess I mean, like, a completely embarrassing scoreline but i'd actually say like the arsenal game is probably the most embarrassing performance yeah even more than losing like however many i I remember city scored six against us Mm. um there was that palace game was that before the arsenal one where it was like there was a string it was just after like emerson i think emerson was his first game yeah and yeah and he got absolutely pants by zaha like (laughs) and i thought yeah this is this is this is nearly rock bottom but yeah. then, and then I think Arsenal was rock bottom, wasn't it? Yeah, great to have you on, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, awesome <laughs> to have you here. Um, great to 
So anyway, let's talk about, uh, I don't know, what's some other thing? More what, current. More, more current. <laughs> what's the subject of this podcast again? Sorry, I thought we were just um, shooting the shit. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> this always backfires on us. So like last season, we uh, we invited a, a, another friend of ours, Tim, yeah. who's a big Chelsea fan. And we were thinking like, cool, we're going to go through in the UEFA Cup. Mm. They're going to get knocked out of Champions League. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we'll get Tim on this weekend and gloat. And then we get knocked out of UEFA Cup. They go through in Champions League. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know how that ends. Yep. Um, and this this was majorly backfired, but I didn't think Brennan would be so uh, so well versed on sort of like you know the Nuno games. <laughs> yeah, and how I don't like we it. played there. I don't like it. I thought <laughs> I thought Brendan would come on and he'd be like, oh, I don't really know. How were you guys under Nuno? And we'd be like, Fine, <laughs> and that would be it. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, yeah, move on. Anyway, so Antonio Conte. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, the the reactions to there were like several like big events during this game. Um, one being the Harry Kane uh, tackle. Was it on Robinson? Mm-hmm. Yep. On Robinson, yeah. Yep. And then Robinson's tackle on uh, Emerson. And then uh, there was a couple of penalty shouts for both sides. Um, but I, you know, like I think it's obvious and I I think you agree, Dan, that the Harry Kane tackle was a, it was a red card. Like <laughs> Never a red. Yeah, <laughs> never a red, never a red. No, I, I felt like... When I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's never a red. Mm. But then I paused like for a second after that. I was like, no, hang on. If that was the other way around, I would be calling for a red so hard. Yeah. <laughs> like I would be petitioning. I would be standing outside the, I don't know why I was thinking the government offices yep. to get it, but I would be like, that <laughs> is Andrews. such a red. <laughs> yeah. Dan just award that as a red. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what? If that was given a red, I would have been fine with it in the sense of like not happy about it. But I'm like, that would have been a fair decision. And I thought the rationale behind like why they're saying, oh, it wasn't quite a red because where he hit on his foot and like Robertson had left the ground. And I've always thought that like if there's a reckless tackle and a player has kind of jumped out of the way for their own safety, they shouldn't be penalized in the sense of like, oh, you made you you prevented yourself getting injured, so therefore the other person shouldn't be punished. Yeah. So I'm I'm team red on that. Team red. Could I just say um I was in the city on Sunday and there was a, a I don't know what you call it now, a freedom protest, whatever they would. And like it was very, there was lots of different people uh, protesting lots of different things. And there was one person that was going through in amongst all these people protesting about, against health measures. There was one guy holding a drawing that he'd done of Louis Theroux, <laughs> which said like, this monster should die. And he was he was protesting Louis Theroux. So I feel like... As much as it's absurd, you could probably go to one of those and protest about uh, red cards towards Dan Andrews. Dan. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, towards Harry Kane? I'm like, cool, that'd be a bit far-fetched for me as a Spurs fan to do, mm. but no, to Dan Andrews. Mm. Oh, to, to hand out the cards. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's like I would rather just do absolutely anything else in the world than get anywhere near any of those protests. Sure, sure. I'm just trying to give you the option for uh, – for you to express your voice. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting with the with those protests. It's like they've totally forgotten what they're protesting about now that everyone just brings their own protest to this collective march. So I, I think it's a good shout. You can take your um, you can take your qualms with with VAR to um, Dan Andrews. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to the footsteps of Parliament. <laughs> My dream can be realised. Yeah, yeah. I you probably honestly could go and protest that, and you would you wouldn't get picked up on it. Because you're right, like you, when you do pass those, it, there are so many different signs going on. You're like, I don't even know what 
<laughs> any of this is about. Um, so you could get in there <laughs> with something about VAR. Yeah. Or more would, consistency from the referee. Yeah, you definitely could. Like someone was holding, um, they were obviously religious and they were holding a, a Jesus is King. And I was like, that's like what, the Kanye album before the, the latest? <laughs> like what are you promoting that? Like what are you doing? Um, that's some great promo work there from Kanye. Yeah, fantastic. It reminded me of the album. So that's like, that's Did good. you listen to the album? Afterwards? I did, yeah. Oh, I did. Okay. I, yeah, I went home and listened to it. So um, great work, Do you know what? I feel like people after this, they'll probably listen to it. Exactly. So it's it's like a, a meme. It's just like continuing on the contagion of thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's just this underground promotional stream that's just happening. Yeah, and I'm now uh, an actor in that. <laughs> Well, we're open for sponsorships. Yeah, yeah, on board. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Brenda, the game. Uh, there, there were those events. How did you feel about the at the time that you were watching the Harry Kane tackle? Uh, what? How did you feel? Were you outraged or were no? It was a bit the same as Dan. Like I thought in real time, it looked certainly like a yellow, but then you watch it on replay, and yeah, I think and Shay given basically on made the same point at halftime. It was like it shouldn't the responsibility should not be on Robertson to get out of the way of this this challenge. But I think as well, like I just assumed that Harry Kane wouldn't go studs up on someone. So I just was like, I don't know. If it had been someone else, I probably would have been more outraged. But yeah. I don't but know. But I think Harry Kane, see what you bring up there, there is this perception of Kane that he is like he's a good boy and like I think he's his England captain. Um, you know, he doesn't like get caught up in controversies, all that sort of stuff that he's just like clean cut, but he has made some pretty bad tackles in the past. Yeah. Like, and similar things like that, where it's like, he's not quite quick enough to really get there, but he plays with enough like heart that he's like going to get stuck in. And he has been late a couple of times. And I think he has been lucky on a few other occasions not to get penalized further from that. So I think once seeing all that happen, I'm like, oh yeah, Kane kind of has that a little bit in his locker that he can do these things, but because he's got that clean-cut image, you're like, no, Kane wouldn't go studs up. He's too much of a professional to do that. I guess as well, since the off-season, we should realise that his decision-making isn't, you know, maybe as sound as what we thought. Oh, Brendan, back in the good books. <laughs> yeah, you're back on, you're back on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that means our two, our strike partnership are made, is made up of Kane, who I assume he just got pumped up after scoring a goal and he was like, I'm back, and then almost got sent off. Um, so we've got him who does, you know, put in a few late tackles and but is too slow to sort of do damage. Or we've got Sonny who is like, uh, it just gets straight reds. Like yeah. <laughs> puts in brutal tackle, breaks Gomez's leg. Um, the nicest man on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but then... Could get a rare season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he usually gets one. Yeah, because I think he's had the the one on Rudiger. Yep. Where he like sort of kicked up when Rudiger was over him, but mm. you know, we don't need to go into all these old ones. Yep. Uh, the one on Lerma, where Lerma kind of gave him a little nudge mm. and he turned around and pushed him over, and Lerma dropped. Yep. Um, and then obviously the Gomez one, mm. which was pretty bad luck, to be fair. Yeah, that's like it wasn't sucks. a great tackle, but no. Yeah, it's like we don't really have. Um, we don't have any really dirty players in the squad that are overall dirty sort of week in, week out. Like Delhi used to have that as part of his game a bit when he was playing under Poch, mm. like where it's like he would get sent off and he would get yellows and mm. he would did have that nasty side because there was that big sort of debate like, you know, should you try and get, you know, remove that from him? Would that change as a player? What would be the sort of result of that? And Poch was like, no, no, I like that. I like that he's got a bit of an edge. Mm. Uh, but since then it's like we don't really have anyone who kind of, consistently does get stuck in but just a couple of players who every now and then 
will do something that seems so out of character for them in that sense. Yeah. Well, especially now that Lamella's gone, we, we've got oh, no yeah. one that <laughs> is going to stamp on hands and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's a shame. A real shame. Yeah. Um, in terms of the uh, the game itself, did you enjoy it? Because for me, I was like, that was such a good game. I wish we'd won, but it was such a good game to watch. Yeah, it was it was a really interesting game. Like not just from an entertaining entertainment standpoint, but tactically, I thought it was really interesting. And because so I watched the replay, and Dan had sort of teed me up about I'd already seen the result, and and Dan had said about how Klopp was upset that Conte played five at the back, mm. and was basically saying that you know they'd parked the bus or whatever. So I was really interested to see whether that first was true because I think a lot of managers try and make out like, oh, you know, we're trying to play against this these teams that are just trying to be anti-football. Mm. Um, and the part like that... Like your Sam Allardyce's like old yeah. Bolton. And yeah, I just think Lombard. like complaining about like the way that a, a, a team plays is just kind of beside the point at this point. It's just like, well, I don't know. I, I don't understand that line of questioning. But... I thought it was really interesting the way that Conte basically took Salah out of the game completely. Mm. And that was because of the five at the back. Cause I, and that was the part that I was watching because it was like 30 minutes in and like Mo Salah had not touched the ball. And it seemed like they were basically like doubling him up because he sort of operates in that area behind like the fullback in a normal 4-4-2. And by playing five at the back, it was like Sessegnon can just stay on Salah. Um, so I thought, yeah, Conte like... I don't know, I haven't watched a whole lot of his teams play, but just from that match alone, it was just like the guy's pretty cluey, I think. Like he's pretty sharp in terms of the way he sets his teams up. Oh yeah. And it was kind of phrased in that um yeah, that comment from Klopp as as if it was kind of like how Mourinho was playing. We we're playing in like a low block, really more sort of anti football, and then look as quickly as we can to get it to Kane and Son on their bikes, which is what Klopp said of this game. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Um, yeah, well, they just kept on pumping long balls and then running after it. But if you look at the, the stats, Liverpool played more long balls than we did. And it's like totally. And this is a team, Liverpool, that are so used to having like Robertson and and, and Trent just like these diagonal crosses, <laughs> like yeah. you know, a long ball playing t- and in Van Dyke as well. So yeah, I, I think it's like overall, I like Klopp, but then I also kind of find that sometimes it maybe seems like there's a bit of entitlement where if like if Liverpool don't win. It's like complaining about something which then ends up seeming like a kind of a bit petty. And it's like, like you're saying, it's like, no, like you've got someone like Salah who's, what, 14 leg goals and 10 assists or whatever it is. Um, and so I was scared. I'm like, okay, Salah's like he dropped off a little bit in like the last year, like last season maybe compared to sort of before then. Or maybe it was the season before that. And I was like, but then this season he's been just like incredible. So I was like, I'm really, really, really worried about Salah and how we deal with that. But then, like you said, like, you know, we set up to deal with it pretty well. Um, but then I know that you just go and complain afterwards of like, well, they shut down our best player. So what are we going to do? It's like, isn't that just football? You're trying, you're trying to like work out how you can sort of, you know, take out what, well, not like illegally, but take out world-class players from games and sort of neutralize their ability to impact it. Yeah. And I think like that point about the long, the long balls, I didn't get that impression at all watching it because like, 
all of the the thing that I did notice was that there was a real intent to go quickly for Spurs. So it was like if we turn over the ball, if we get in the midfield, it was like quick decisions and go early to Son and Kane. And that's where Winks was like brilliant. Like he played like three or four. Like I, he got the one for the goal for Son's goal, I think, that Allison cuts out. Uh, and there were a couple of others. And um, that's where it was like it was totally different to the Spurs games that I've watched under under Nuno where it was just like, okay, maybe we'll retain possession, but it was like so slow or like, I don't know. It, it, they had a totally different energy to what I'd seen previously. Yeah, I think that was something, yeah, that really stuck out to me as well in that, you know, even if we were trying to play quickly, we weren't sitting in our own box yeah. and then just like pumping the ball and being like, let's see how fast Sonny is compared to their player. <laughs> like <laughs> um, this was so much more like we were further up the pitch and because of the way that Liverpool, you guys play, being high up the pitch as well, it meant that there was this, it was sort of more happening in, in midfield and then the ball was playing, being played quickly, whether it was a through ball or um, over the top. I, I wonder, I have a theory about Klopp and Brendan, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this, but that he is the, the way that he speaks in press conferences when things don't go well to me is that he is, he's perfected Jose Mourinho uh, press conference tactics in a way that he's not disliked like Mourinho is. But like uh, in after the game, he was talking about, I don't know what the ref's problem personally is with me, which is so Mourinho. Um, or, you know, like, oh, well, we couldn't play football properly because the other team set up in a certain way. It's like, that's football, man. Like that's how <laughs> it works. Um, and he knows that, but it's like, he uses the press conferences in a way that is better than Mourinho does. He's like an improvement. But I wonder if he goes the same way as like lots of managers do and they kind of start to tail off and then they continue to do that. All of a sudden the media kind of turns on them and and then because mm. they're not getting that success. Because I remember like Ferguson used to do it a lot, but it would be when the team had played poorly, he'd come out and say something that he knew would get a headline mm. and take all the attention away from the team. But like we're saying, it's like, it's like Liverpool didn't play badly in this game. Like yeah. they've definitely made some errors, but like not so much that you think as a manager you've got to come out and sort of try and deflect yeah. from something there, especially when the main talking points are people are talking that they should have been in your favour. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think the weird thing is that all of these top managers in the Premier League are wired exactly the same. Like <laughs> Thomas Tuchel, Pep, Klopp, Conte, they're all so petty, so like egocentric like they all complain that the other one didn't shake their hand before they went down the tunnel like it's and they're so exacting in like all of their demands of obviously their team but then that extends to like the media and to um the referees and it's it's kind of weird yeah I mean I thought it was fascinating when Conte and Klopp shook hands then Conte uh no Klopp put his hand in Conte's hair, which is, you know, like everyone knows about Conte's three gazillion dollar like <laughs> hair job that he protects. You know, if it's raining, he's got a cap on. Like it's he's so protective of it. And I was like, oh, interesting. That's how he's starting this. Um, yeah, which I would be knowing that they're all like the same horrific personality. Like it would be on purpose. Like it wouldn't be. I love it if Klopp was so irate. He just pulled out a tuft <laughs> of his hair. And we just discovered that like Conte – 
Maybe he cheaped out and he didn't actually get the really expensive one. He just had it Velcroed on. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this little wig that he rocks around with yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, w- <laughs> I thought you were going to say like we pull it up and there's like some kind of like uh... – <laughs> he's a machine is what I was going to say because <laughs> uh, he's a genius. But yeah, it uh... – yeah, they're all they're all. I wouldn't want to hang out with any of them. I feel like no. Nah, there's be so horrendous. many like weird power games going on between like Premier League managers. It's it's really strange. It's even like when um when what's the United manager's name um that just came in Ragnick Ragnick. So yeah. the press conference when that Klopp had after he signed, I thought was really interesting. How he was like, oh yeah, no, he's a really good manager. It's it's a real it's real shit that he's that he's come to the Premier League. Like he's another one that <laughs> like as if like they'd all just disregarded Solskjaer because he's not that personality at all. Mm. And and Klopp was just recognizing like, oh no, there's another one to like join this gang of like, <laughs> you know, crazy, <laughs> crazy managers that can actually compete. Mm. See out of all this though, like even though there is that crazy urgency, you wouldn't like to hang out with them. If I had to hang out with one of these managers and let's say just like go around to their place for a bit of wine and cheese or something like that, mm. I would probably choose Klopp because I feel like yeah. away from football, like I think he'd host a really fantastic dinner party. Yeah, I feel like if you went to two shows, he'd be like, this is my collection of tables. <laughs> let's go through them. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, probably. Whereas Conte, it's like you would be so worried about putting a foot wrong. Oh my god! And he'd be like, you know, come in, sit down, enjoy yourself. But yeah, I'll kill you. Yeah, um, Klopp, I don't think would do that. I think he, like, he just seems very like. Whenever you see interviews where he's not being asked about football, like it's, oh, we're talking to Jurgen Klopp today to see what do people normally Google when they Google Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. Um, and he's just laughing and he's like, oh, this is great one. Yeah, oh, my teeth. Yeah, they're really <laughs> wide. Aren't they? And it's like he just seems really sort of chilled and laid back with everything. Mm. But then it's like, yeah. At the end of games. But I guess it, it kind of goes down to a lot of things like, and, and I've heard like other athletes speak about this, whereas like you finish a game, it's a heated environment. Even if you're the manager, it's a really heated environment. You've been emotional, especially managers like Klopp and Conte who are shouting and moving the whole 90 minutes. Mm. Um, and then it's like you just get microphones shoved in your face and they're like, give me this answer. What's this? Tell me your thought on this. Tell me your thought on this. So it's like, I mean, it is an environment. Obviously, the broadcasters know what they're doing. Like they know that it's an environment that is going to sort of trigger, you know, certain maybe like more heated comments that wouldn't come out as much when, you know, if you speak to them the next day. Yep. Yep. Totally. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're trying to trap you in a situation to which you trip up and your media training fails and you say something that um, is, is something that they can write about. Like I was really surprised in in the Klopp, uh, interview post game that he said, "Okay, we can talk about the we can talk about the ref. Um, this is what I think." And then he went on, which usually they say, "You know, I'm not going to comment on that." Or blah blah blah. Um, but it was like the, the the on a whole, regardless of whether you are a Spurs supporter or a Liverpool supporter, like the refereeing in this game was terrible. Like Awful. it was shocking. Awful. And VAR. It's some of the worst VAR I think I've ever seen. Like it was used at the wrong times. When it was used, it got it wrong. Mm. And no one was happy, it seemed. Like I think Liverpool probably got the worst of it. Yeah. Like I don't understand how that wasn't a penalty for Jota. Like, And I think Klopp's point is like spot on. Like the ref said, oh, well, he deliberately stopped and – Klopp, rightfully so, said, well, you sort of have to stop to shoot, you know, like you can't just do it at full pelt. Um, I kind of feel like Jota as well in watching a few times, like 
he goes to the ground pretty forcefully. And I don't think he flopped. I'm not saying that. But I feel that like because he sort of like he really kind of like snapped into the ground. And I think that probably is what went against him as well. Whereas the ref saw it more like playing for the foul as opposed to, I think, if he didn't go down so like quickly. Yeah. Um, which it, I know sounds weird to say, but it seemed really like, oh, the touch, bang, hit the deck. Like you're in the army and they're like, drop and give me 10. Yeah. Down. But I think it was as well that Sanchez was covering and that kind of confused matters. So Sanchez makes no contact, yeah. but Emerson- um, Shoves him in the back. Shoves him in the yeah. back. But so Sanchez is kind of blocking his his shot on goal. So I think psychologically there was something there where it's like, well, he's not going to get a shot in anyway. Like, I don't know. I think all of these things play into like the decision. Whereas if it had just been a one-on-one incident, I feel like it's given. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like, as soon as another player comes into it, it definitely confuses it. I kind of think maybe VAR, they're sitting there and they're like, you know what? A couple of seasons back, there was a pretty contentious VAR call in a Spurs Liverpool game. <laughs> maybe decided a Champions League final after a minute. <laughs> and they've gone, all right, Spurs, now we're going to give you, here we go. We're going to let a few things slide at this game for you, even, right? Yeah, yeah. Because well, it, it did seem like it was. Yeah, like I definitely agree with the criticisms of the consistency for the 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 game and just the calls in general and a lot of things. And I think like the Delhi claim for the penalty, that only kind of gets bought into it when Liverpool fans are claiming the Jota one. Mm. And when and so it's like I don't think there'd be many people who go, yeah, the Delhi one was definitely a penalty. But as soon as people are like, well, Jota was a penalty. And then it's like, well, we lost out too because Delhi didn't get one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the uh, the like balancing of uh, <laughs> VAR decisions or whatever in our favor, like the fact that Robertson got sent off with the worst, like not the worst tackle, but a bad tackle, uh, considering the, was it last season the tackle on Tanganga that looked like he might have broken his leg, where he flies in um, and you see Tanganga's leg like in the it, there's a still image of it, it looks like it like bows out, um, and luckily he was all right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, but the, the, for me, the Delhi one was, was not a penalty, but the tackle on winks that was like on the edge of the box was definitely a foul. And there was just nothing. It was like, was that Kanate? Maybe. Yeah, I, I think remember. it was. I think it was yeah. Kanate who, yeah. 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 There was nothing. I like, feel like they didn't even in the coverage though, they didn't even linger too much on that. Mm, and sort yeah. of moved on from it pretty quickly. Yeah. It's like they're trying to make it a seamless process. So it's not like, so it's not interrupting play too much. But then that's what leads to VAR doesn't look at the Kane one, but then looks at the Robertson one. Mm. And the only reason it seems for that was that there was just a, there was more time. Like, because there was like a tussle after the Robertson one, it's like, oh, okay, so I've got time like now for people in my earpiece to like tell me, oh, you should look at that. Whereas the Kane one was sort of resolved relatively quickly. So, oh, okay, we'll play on. It's just such an imperfect science. Like it's it's crazy. Like it just leads to exactly, if not more, like errors than what we had before. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, uh, you know, it works so well, video refereeing in cricket because you're looking at like uh, evidence of things that happen that you can then, uh, you know, almost prove or disprove by viewing the footage, whether because of the interpretation in football, it's so much more difficult. But then having said that, like it's done pretty well in, in rugby. It's done pretty well in the AFL. Like how is it so bad? And like if you watch 
other leagues or in the Champions League, I'm always like, oh, the VARs, it's not uh, that disruptive. They seem to have got it to a point where, um, you know, it's like at least functional, like it functions and helps the game rather than is random or is hindering it when we're not stopping for two minutes or or whatever. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, it just seems really, really messy. And I think as well because... Like honestly, I think what would really be good is if we got to hear, yeah, what the actual decisions were as they were happening. Because I know in other sports they do that, mm. um, and because we have no idea what's being said, all we see, all, the only clue we get is when it's we've got the little VAR screen up and it says like possible foul play or whatever. Like, mm. um, but we don't actually get anything more than that, so it's really hard to know what they're actually looking for, what's going on. And even how they talk about the interpretation of it and saying like, no, no, VAR is not there to just come in and overrule. VAR is, it's only there to overrule if there's a very clear and obvious error. Mm. Otherwise they're going to go with the referee on the yeah. the field, which is what they I think they kept saying with the Jota one. Mm. And it's like, it still just sounds so vague <laughs> and yeah. unclear. Like if you're in the VAR box and you're going like, is this a clear, do I think this is a penalty? Yeah. But is it a clear and obvious error when the referee was very close? I don't know if I could go against my colleague that far and mm. say that they are completely wrong. But then what gets you to go, hey, you might want to go and look at this again. It seems like they only do that when they feel like the ref has actually missed yeah. the incident. Mm. Well, I couldn't believe where it did work was uh, when Robinson got a yellow initially for his tackle. I was like, that is so obviously a straight red. Like he's not going for the ball at all. And then the fact that that got missed and then it got reviewed <laughs> – and it was like, oh, no, it is actually a red card. I was like, where were you? Like, what were you looking at? <laughs> um, it feels like someone was playing FIFA and there's just a button on there which is like kill other players. Yeah. And they're just like they've lost, they're losing the game or something. They're just like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah. Smash yeah. that. Yeah. And it's just you'll just hit the, the closest player to you. Yeah. Like it looked so unnecessarily angry for the exact moment for yeah. when Robertson did it. And it's like he couldn't have been in retaliation to... So, like, if we go back to the Crystal Palace game, we talk about when Tangan got, got sent off, he had a bad tackle on him that wasn't given anything. Mm. And then 10 seconds later, he goes, slides in, red, see you later, yeah. goodbye. Uh, but this Robinson one, it's like it's a very delayed reaction if he's still fuming about the Harry Kane one from the first half. <laughs> yeah, just um, building up the whole time. Just building up. And he's like, you know what, I'm going to take it out of Roy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when he's in a not even remotely dangerous position at all. Mm. So it was a little bit weird, like, to just to see someone snap in that sort of moment. Mm. Yeah, totally. And like, to be fair, like we looked worse after the red because then Liverpool had to like accommodate for that, be more defensive. And then we were like, no, oh, no, our plan ain't working too good now. <laughs> like it actually probably hindered us. Uh, I mean, no, obviously it hindered Liverpool because they had one less player, but I think. The, yeah, just, the yeah. life of the game sort of, it sort of, mm. it, it went out of the game at that point. Yeah. Because Liverpool sort of like. Yeah, went conservative after that. Also, Robertson's walk off the pitch was like maybe the longest walk off the pitch <laughs> I've ever seen. And I can't believe that he got away with it. <laughs> he was so slow. <laughs> he was so slow. And he was at the other touchline. And I thought the go was now that you can just go off on that side. But maybe for a yeah. red, you have to just you have to do the walk of shame. I don't I'd know. I'd say probably mm. for a red, I would assume, and I don't know, but like I would assume that given that you're away. If he goes off, he's then walking around the whole stadium of Spurs <laughs> All the away fans. fans, yeah. And so some idiot is going to throw a coin, you know, like, 
And I'm not saying that, like. I think that'd be, be a bad. fun wrinkle, though. I think they should bring that. They think they should bring that in. Not coins, but you know, you just have to cop the abuse, like. Or as maybe you watch, hand as out you vegetables watch. to people. <laughs> like go back to medieval times, yeah. and you're allowed to throw that at players. Yeah, when just, they get sent off. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Or. You can throw whatever you want, but the player gets in like one of those little Pope mobiles and gets driven around the edge of the ground. Yes. And just anyone can do anything to them because they'll be okay. Um, It'd be yeah. a good rule. It'd be a good rule. Yeah. yeah well, we'll chat to Dan Andrews. Yeah, have a, have a chat to Dan Andrews, see what he thinks, see what he thinks about it. Um, but I definitely agree. Like at that moment it did take the, I don't know, it took the zing out of the game. And I felt after that I didn't feel we were going to lose. I'm like, we're not going to lose this, but I didn't feel like we're going to win. I'm like, man, we're not going to win this either. Um, and yeah, it was still interesting. Like I didn't think that Klopp would probably make such defensive switches. Mm. I thought he'd probably play a bit more caution of the wind and be like, well, we've still got some pretty decent attacking players on and we might be able to pull something out here. He went pretty attacking though before the red. So he, oh, before the red for sure. Yeah. He bought on Firmino, which I thought was like a strange substitution. Yeah. And then he seemed to play in midfield and then they played Salah through the middle, which I don't think I've ever seen them do, like voluntarily. And then they put Jota to the right, which I think was because Salah was like not getting a touch yeah. out on the, le- on the right. Um, but, yeah, I think it made, it made Liverpool do some things tactically that they wouldn't normally do, which is normally the sign that, you know, Conte sort of had his number a little bit. Well, I say had his number, but like when, when they're going for it, like I, I, I don't know. They were trying to find a solution. Yeah, and I, I, I was just thinking, like, I find it so interesting as well. Like, so much of the narrative goes around to like this red card decision, goes around to all these VAR calls, all that sort of stuff. But we're not really talking about the fact that you know Spurs had quite a few chances, <laughs> especially at the start mm. of the game. We could have very easily gone two or three up, um, and I feel like we're seeing like Kane and Son are not in great form. They, I know they still both scored. But you're like, you see Kane, he's very he's still a bit sluggish when he's getting to the ball. He's making those sloppy errors where he'll, like, I think the one where Delhi played it down to him. And it wasn't a great touchdown from Delhi, but Kane just sort of, like, was strolling to it and almost tried to just flick it a little bit over Allison, and it was a save. And I just kind of wonder, like, if we had a really sharp Kane and Son, I think this game could have possibly, I don't want to say being put to bed, but... Uh, we could have sort of run away with it pretty early on. Yeah, well, I mean, there was the uh, that Delhi chance as well, which he has been maligned for, but actually was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was just to uh, stop on him for a bit. Like it was the delay sense very much. Like he looked amazing. Um, and I was so pleased to see him have like the game that he I think deserves to have. Like after you know all his preseason stuff and coming in under Nuno and being in this weird role that didn't suit him and um, all the, you know, abuse and comments he's copped about being him. Um, yeah, I, I was really, really happy with his performance. Oh, definitely. Um, it's, yeah, I think we've spoken about this a bit on recent weeks of like it's, it's so easy to flip back and forth on mm. Delhi. Um, and, yeah, he sort of shows like there's still something in there and, you know, maybe Conte can bring it out of him. Uh, and, again, maybe the same with Winks. Mm. Um, he's one of those players, he's just a victim of his own ability. Like, if you hadn't seen him do the things that he's done, then you would rate that performance as, like, that was a solid performance against Liverpool. But everyone just, you know, shades it against, like, oh, yeah, you didn't, you know, 
do a sombrero over someone and, <laughs> yeah. and, and put it in the bottom corner. Yeah. Like Brennan, deep, deep cuts on the Spurs knowledge. Oh, <laughs> I mean, everyone knows that goal, don't they? That's no, I'm, 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 I'm just liking it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually thought it was interesting. Like I thought it sort of uh, showed up some of the weaknesses in Liverpool as well because, you know, you're talking about your three in the midfield at the start of the game. But then you line that up against the three that were in the midfield for Liverpool and you'd take the Spurs three (laughs) any day. Like we're starting a guy with a squad number number 80, um, Tyler Morton. Um, Whenever I say that, I always think the other team's being disrespectful. If we get a player with a number like that, I I didn't think 80 was even allowed in the Premier League. Yeah, how have we got to number 80? Like it was bad enough that, um, oh, who was it that was... Oh, was it Elliot that was wearing uh, 46 and started? I don't know. Anyway... Mm. um, it's getting outrageous and they need to correct it. Um, but I think it, it showed up that like when you take some of that width away from Liverpool or that the fullbacks had a good game, but then they can't really break teams down through the middle. Like, mm. because like Milner is, you know, a soldier, but he's not really, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to break down world-class defenses. Um, well, he's also a, about 87. 87, but a sprightly 87. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, if I yeah. could look that good yeah. at his age, wowee. The guy does something with his diet. I don't know. Like <laughs> he's he's obviously committed. Um, but, yeah, Milner, Morton and, oh, Nabi Keita, who like just, I don't know, he's, he's such a like frustrating player to watch. Like he has ability but just. I don't know. He's, he's he's not like Delhi because he's never really shown it. But like he's, um, I don't know. There was a moment where he was actually running away from goal. He had Delhi like chasing him, and he thought he'd like shaken him like two or three times. And sometimes I think Navigator thinks he's still playing in the Bundesliga. Like he can just like throw a throw a leg like one way and then get away. But like the Premier League, like no, the guy's going to stay with you like for the the first turn, the second turn, the third. And Navigator is just like I don't know. He, He's he's operating in this bizarro world where he thinks like that's enough. Well, because he had a pretty big price tag as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was. Enough. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it was, but um, and he he's a solid player, but he's just he's never clicked in that midfield, um, for whatever reason. Yeah, it, it was interesting. Like uh, talking about the teams as well. That um, I think we haven't really covered yet. That like, Trent Alexander Arnold for being like, arguably the I'd say well not even like almost pretty clearly the best attacking fullback in the world, not the best defensive fullback in the world. And so it was good, I think, I guess to go back to talking about like Conte going, where can we kind of get at Liverpool? Seeing like, especially Delhi making runs in behind on that side and going like, we know Liverpool are going to like press up and they're not going to show much respect on that front to us. So there's going to be some gaps in behind and like, uh, as we called him, Eric Aldiowereld. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah let's go yeah. with that. Yeah, funny, don't sell me. I don't. Know. It's, it's yeah. a good. It's a good name. It's gonna stick. <laughs> it's gonna stick. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it'll stick, Dan. It'll uh, stick. <laughs> Is that for his passing ability? Or yeah, yeah. Because like in this game, um, like we haven't seen. We've known in the past, like Diet is he can hit a long ball, but. Not you wouldn't say he's like a you know a ball playing center back and that's like his specialty, but in this game he was absolutely just spraying them, um, and just seeing like how, I guess it's nice that like you feel like the their little bromance is still alive between Dyer and Delhi when 
you see him hit these long balls. But it just definitely this was definitely something that was rehearsed in practice and like, right, you're gonna be able to get in space behind Dyer over the top, find Delhi. Let's have a bit of fun with that. Um, so I think it was good to just see that. Yeah, I guess it's like going after Liverpool's weaknesses yeah. in something and not just being so worried about containing them and that's it. Yeah, well, it's and you would be so spoiled in this, Brendan, but for us it's been so long since we've had a manager that comes out and plays uh, a tactical setup that is actually suited to what needs to be done and has thought, you know, as much as Jose has been talked about as this like, he's this amazing tactician, there were still so many games where it was like, yeah, we're playing low block. Yeah, we know we're playing Newcastle. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see what happens. It's like, what? <laughs> like there was actually a system both in defence and in attack, um, which is so refreshing and and uh, is so good to watch because you see – the other thing is like you see that midfield and you go like, uh, what? But then it's Conte, so it's like, well, he's got some plan. Like <laughs> he's not just been like, these three, go on. Like there's some idea there that's going to happen, um, which is, yeah, it's it's so good. I love yeah. him. I love it. I yeah. thought it was interesting as well that like something that was completely lost during that Nuno era, as short-lived as it was, was the connection between Son and Kane. Mm. So there was those couple of games where um, Nuno was playing Kane out on the left, <laughs> which was up there with the dumbest managerial <laughs> like tweaks we've ever seen. Um, <laughs> it's like it worked well for a half, the first half against Chelsea. And then like, and it was like, oh, this is, there's something here. And then Nuno was like, yeah, I've got something here. <laughs> yeah. And then he just stuck with it. I've got a plan. Let's take the best striker in the world away from goals. <laughs> like, I think that's like, yeah, that, that's my plan. But I thought, because when was it, was it like two seasons ago that like their partnership, like Harry to Son, like the assist numbers were like off the charts. Like where Harry had like all those assists at one season, mm. and I just well, it was thought, last, last, last season. season. Oh, it was yeah. the last season. Yeah, um, and I just thought it was it was interesting seeing that connection back. Like it didn't it didn't lead to any of the goals, but there was that one big chance where like um, Son just just hit it wide at, on the stretch, um, and they just have like such a good understanding of each other's movements. Mm. And so just getting them close together again, mm. um, I thought just helped so much in Tottenham's setup. Well, I think what was also really nice about that was the fact that you were getting also, in addition to these runs from Delhi, when Son wasn't there, when Son had sort of dropped off, was nice because then it, it, it means that as another team, you can't just go, all right, as soon as Kane gets the ball, you know he's going to pass to Son. That's all they're going to play. That's all they're going to do. And I think that's what became a little bit stale with Mourinho Whereas like it worked initially when both players were in really good form. But then once they sort of started dropping off, it's like there was no plan B on how to deal with that. Yeah. And which is why I think that maybe because, you know, we still know like Kane and Son have this good connection. Um, Liverpool, Liverpool probably caught a bit blindsided by the use of Delhi um, in getting in and sort of trying to, you know, making runs that he hasn't made for years. Yeah. And yep. so I think it's good that we like – if we continue playing like this, there is that it just feels a little bit more dynamic than just having like default Kane to Son, but it's like we can really sit behind that and go like, cool, this is like our, our most potent attacking duo that's going to get us a lot of stuff going. But if that's not working, we've got Delhi in there as well making some runs. Like it's it feels exciting to talk about those three on the same pitch again. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and like you said, it was I think 
initially when we started playing that way under Mourinho, when teams didn't expect it, and it would go end on ballet, goes to Kane, goes to Son. And then once teams figured it out, because of course they would, they'd just be like, oh, we'll just stop end on ballet getting the ball or we'll stop him passing. And then Spurs were like, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do now? Who's going to? And, yeah, just to have, just to go back on the same thing I was saying before, but a manager that's like, yeah, but if we play Delhi now, then that gives us a third option because we're going to have space to get in behind it. Yeah, it's exciting to have him to have him back. Yeah. I've got a question for you, Brent. So what leads me on to this? We've mentioned now a couple of times like Jose and, and, and Nuno and stuff like this. As an as, uh, external to the Spurs fan base, um, do you have any thoughts on like I guess the last couple of years of watching Spurs go through Mourinho then have like, um, you know, a few months without having a season, sorry, a few months in the off season without having a manager and then going with Nuno. Like what is your outside impression of that? Because I think like as Spurs fans, there have been so many Spurs fans who have just gotten up in arms like the whole world is ending, like we're an embarrassment to the whole footballing universe. Um, But I'm just keen to know like from from the outside what, how did you find that sort of, you know, all those transitions? I, th- I think that Spurs fans have like a crazy level of expectation about the managers that they should be getting, <laughs> to be honest. Like I was actually surprised when, well, first of all, that Mourinho would go there. Mm. Um, although Mourinho, like the shine had gone off Mourinho at that point. So I think he was sort of you know, more open to that, to that kind of club. Um, and then when Mourinho was fired and there was that whole roundabout that ended up in Nuno, that started with Conte, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Or, yeah. Yep. He and was early on. I don't know if it was the first or the first, he was in the, mm. the first few names that were. Yeah. And. I just thought, oh, they're kidding themselves here. They're not get, they're not getting <laughs> they're not getting Antonio Conte. Like it's just not happening. Like, you know, maybe they're floating this out to, you know, put pressure on someone else. I don't know. Um, so my impression was always that, you know, it's sort of pie in the sky stuff. But also I do think that that they do hold themselves as such a big club and I think being in London, new stadium, um, and they have world-class players like real like superstars, not just stars, um, maybe that that allows them to get bigger names. And I think they must pay fairly well in terms of the manager market. Um, oh, we pay very well, especially when it comes to sacking managers too. Yeah, yeah, we're very good at doing that. We're very good. I reckon, I wonder whether, and I've said this on the pod before, I've had my conspiracy theory about how Conte got hired, but for me, like to get him there... I wonder not only with the like we're not going to sell Kane, look at who we've brought in. These are all players that you wanted to enter, remember? Now you can have them. And then also the the other element of almost like the the Beatles thing where it's like, well, what else can we do now? There's, you know, he's won at Chelsea. He's now won at Inter Milan. And then this is like, but do you want to be the greatest? <laughs> do you want to be the greatest ever, Antonio? Because if you win with Spurs, whoa, like you're going to be – and he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he turned into Batman? Yeah. So it's like Batman 3, Die Hard 3. I don't know. There's so many uh, uh, similes I could make. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's a part of it. But I kind of feel like these expectations that Spurs put on themselves and the fans put on the club kind of is a double-edged sword for the club because so 
I, I feel like there's a lot of it's happened with players and managers where Spurs have just got ahead of themselves in terms of like their standing within the Premier League. Like you oh, think yeah. <laughs> you think like how many years in a row did Pochettino finish fourth? Was it um it was, was it, it was a few. There was like a there was like a did we get a third? We, we got, got a third a se- in there. We got a second, we got a second, third, third, fourth. Yeah, so yeah. like an incredible run of making Champions Leagues. Yeah. Which at this point, like any club would take with how volatile the Premier League is, apart from maybe City and Liverpool, like the other six teams in that top echelon would be very happy to make the Champions League with that kind of stretch. And then you fire Pochettino and then Pochettino goes to another club and then it just becomes consensus that Pochettino is a world-class manager and maybe he should be coming back to a club that's bigger than Spurs. And it's like you kind of don't realise what you have until it's gone. And I feel like the same thing happened with um, – and Dan Dan and I had, had, had some uh, discussions about this when it happened, but I reckon that happened with Modric as well. Like, you know, he was – he was such a brilliant player and Spurs were like, yeah, but he doesn't score goals. And it's like, yeah, but he's brilliant. Like he's absolutely brilliant. Goes to Madrid, wins a Ballon d'Or and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess he was pretty good. Like, you know. <laughs> and I think now 36 signs a new two-year contract because he's playing so well. Incredible player. Um, I think on the Modric thing though, like what you were touching on before and I think this is true of Modric was that I feel like at that stage in where we were, Modric was like too big for us in a sense that we had expectations like he's not scoring goals, he's not doing this. This is our star player and the level of club we were and the the players that we had, it's like we needed our star player to be a match winner and someone who would step up and like score goals and win games. Um, Whereas like now if you had sort of Modric in a team where you've got like Kane, Son, you actually have elite world, you know, world-class forwards and everything – I feel like there'd be a lot more appreciation for what someone like him can do. Yeah, I think that's true. I think in some respects it's like if only the generations had aligned, then it maybe would have been better placed for him. But it's just, it is interesting just to see the caliber of player that's that and manager that's gone through Spurs and you just sort of like for a team of their standing like to line up those players it's like it's pretty incredible the Oh, well, yeah. And I think now it's it's this case of like, it's like on the tin, the tin looks fantastic. Like the tin's got like the best branding. It's like, oh, this is going to be the most delicious meal that we've ever had. And when I mean that, it's like, you know, we've got like. Most well, delicious tin meal. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like we're going through a supermarket aisle. There's a tin there. It looks beautiful. Yeah. We've yeah, got the new okay. stadium training ground, Conte. Okay. We've got some world-class players. There's yeah. like limited edition Tim Tams or something. Limit, yeah, let's go Tim Tams. In a tin? Yeah, okay, 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 yeah, okay. cool. All right. Okay, so I, I didn't realize the tin reference is where this would fall I'm down. really thrown. Anyway, keep on going. <laughs> so the packaging looks beautiful yep. at the moment. Yeah. But inside there's still something just a little bit off with the taste. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I kind of feel like now and I don't just want to be like an optimistic Spurs fan and that's it but I do almost feel now that say since Poch is gone this does feel like the first time where it's like we are actually maybe getting things together a little bit we definitely still need like a couple of new players to come in yep um but it kind of feels like if we can keep Conte happy (laughs) um which which is a, a battle all in itself yep um, it's like we've okay, we've still managed to retain our like best players at least for now. 
Um, and even if Kane goes, it, it, it's fine. We move on. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Now that we've got Conte, it's like, cool. If we if Kane goes, some other forward would be like, well, I can go to Spurs and I can replace Kane and work under Conte. That's pretty damn good. Um, but it does feel like, okay, maybe now like Conte is kind of like, he's a currently a good manager, not like a past it manager like Mourinho. Um, and it's like, we might actually now start tasting as good as we look. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I, th- I mean, I think it's the first time since the Pochettino era where we have progressed, where it's like, okay, now there's actually some movement forwards rather than just like, I don't know, like reversing into some bins, like which is what we've been doing <laughs> since he left. Um, but I, I I have faith that it will, it like almost has to, it can't be that uh, the Spurs board or um, the scouting or or Levy is uh, at fault for, you know, Conte walking because he doesn't get the funding he wants or whatever because they've almost put themselves in a point by those past mistakes where if Conte was to walk because he was like, you said that I would have this much money to spend and now I don't and you're not spending it or I want these players and you're not giving them to me and he chucks, uh, you know, chucks a Conte tantrum, the fans will like right like it'll be end times oh it'll definitely be end times yeah but see i feel like and i guess why i'm not too worried about that happening and if conte goes um i feel it's like because paratici and conte like they're buds Mm. so i feel like when they're talking about this like conte clearly like you know just like dms paratici separately and is like now level with me here Mm. is this gonna be okay like is this gonna are we gonna do something here or is this just like a payday Mm. And I think Pratis is going to be like, you know, we're actually trying to do something and we are going to like back you and we're going to do this. It's not just like, no, it's all smoke and mirrors and <laughs> we're just trying to like appease the fans by spending big on a manager, but then actually not going to do anything behind, you know, to support that and back it up. Yeah. One thing, uh, Brendan, I wanted to know, like we had a sort of a similar thing with when we had uh, Redknapp in charge, uh, City had just got um, all their blood money Um and they were starting to sort of like move towards Champions League qualification. And then there's that famous game at the Eddie Head where Crouch scores the winner and we're in the Champions League. And it kind of looked like at that moment it was like, okay, if these are the two teams that are going to break into the top four teams, maybe it's going to be Spurs, not City. And then obviously City are City and they are where they are. And then <laughs> there was a similar thing where you guys had, you know, Rogers had taken you very close to the title and then um, clock had come in and and we had Pochettino and it was like all the games that we would play against each other would be like nil alls or 1-1 one, one or 2-2 two, two. and it felt very similar and we were both using very early adopters of um, like American style statistical scouting. Um, but then <laughs> we fire Pochettino, get rid of our sports science, get rid of that kind of scouting. You guys just keep on going with it and – and you know you are where you are, <laughs> and we're st- we're worse off than we were. Like it's um, yeah, it's fascinating to me. How do you feel around like the health of? I mean, obviously you probably feel good because you guys are killing it. But like <laughs> in terms of you know, like because Klopp did he say he's doing five or X amount of seasons and then he's leaving? And yeah, well, that, like the day is coming for Liverpool where they have to replace Klopp. So like they like it's it's been a great run. But, yeah, Klopp's only got, you know, I, I think it was like maybe two more seasons or something. Like he won – it seems like it takes it out of him. Um, 
So I was just gonna say, I think it is previous two clubs, Dortmund and was it Mets before then? No, it wasn't Mets. It was someone else. But he's done at both of them. It was like seven seasons exactly at each, mm. and the teams played so well and like in a very similar trajectory to Liverpool. Like Dortmund won the title. I'm pretty sure. Um, and it was a similar thing where they go up on this arc, but then by the end of that journey, it's just everyone's exhausted. Yeah, and I think that's that's where because um, Klopp is so passionate about the workload on his players, and I think it's almost as if like he has it down to a perfect science. Like this is everything I can get out of my squad. So when you make us play a Sunday fixture and then a Tuesday fixture you're actually upsetting my algorithm. Mm. So <laughs> stop it <laughs> because yeah. we can't now win. Um, but, yeah, I think Liverpool just, they they sort of, they found a perfect personality for their club. Like, and it was such a seamless, um, like, meshing of, of two of two personalities because it's like the Klopp, that's how like Klopp and the cop, that's exactly like it's it's like the same energy. It's like. I thought you were going to go, it's the same name almost. It's almost yeah. the same name. They but sound it's like, the same. But it's like it, it, it was like just a perfect synergy between manager and club. Um, and so it's been a pretty blessed run in that respect, but I think they're going to be in the same position. Mm. How did it feel to go from um, – the football manager equivalent of David Brent in Brendan Rogers to like Mick Jagger is basically what you guys did. Well, I loved Rogers because yeah. he was such a clown. Oh, um, yeah. He thought he was a class act. Yeah. And, <laughs> like um, David Brent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did appreciate just like the facade a lot of the time. And I still think he's doing a great job at Leicester. I, the, the one image that stays with me with Rogers is I remember watching like some, um, like I can't remember what it was. It must have been some like little docu series on Liverpool where they go through his house and he has like this life size portrait of himself far out <laughs> in his dining room, <laughs> and he sort of just walks past. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's me," <laughs> and it's just like I love if they're like. So, Brandon, is that a present to you or self-commitment? It's like, no, I commissioned it myself. Yeah. It's like it's not even like his wife's not in the picture, his kids. <laughs> like what? it's truly oh. bizarre. Um, yeah, he's he's just one of those guys. He's got like a strange level of confidence, but it holds him in um, holds him in good stead. But I liked I liked Rogers. I thought he he had Liverpool playing pretty well. Um, Was that when the slip happened with Stevie G? Yeah, because you. Would have won the title if that didn't happen, because yeah. that was like the, the, the turning point with only yeah, a few against games Chelsea. Left, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's interesting, like these small moments, like something like that, then which is not within Rogers' control at all. And you're talking about Stevie G, like the, one of the most reliable players ever, um, to to fall at that time, and you know, then obviously the season sort of changes. Then it's like I wonder what would have happened if Liverpool won. Mm. Like, would Rogers have stayed there, and would would like, you know. There be well, some some legacy there, or do we think Rogers would have gotten found out like the following season or something like that? It's interesting to bring up Gerard as well because that's kind of hanging over Liverpool too. Because mm. like his rise is sort of perfectly in time with Klopp's exit, but then having seen what's happened with other clubs like with Lampard and Chelsea, <laughs> yeah. does Liverpool go down that track of like bringing in the favourite son mm. and like Solskjaer, same thing, like. Maybe not the favourite son, but a son. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, 
and then potentially like sort of heart, like harm that relationship that Gerard has with the fans. Like it'll be an interesting decision because like he's like he's tracking pretty well. I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to manage Liverpool. Yeah. Like absolutely no doubt at all. I do have to, I reckon Liverpool the way that their run is too clever and Steven Gerrard is too clever to fall into the I know he's had a lot more success than Lampard ever has had as a manager but I just wonder whether they'll go what we're setting ourselves up for here because eventually we're going to have to get rid of him at some point yeah. we're setting ourselves up to make a really um ugly situation so if he just doesn't unless he's like turns out to be one of the best managers in the world, then of course you're going to have him. But if there's any risk at all that it's going to sour relationships with the fans, I think it's not a good move. Like you just end up – like with the Lampard thing, that was like pretty rough, oh, I can yeah, imagine. Totally. And look, I, when I say that, I don't mean I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be the next Liverpool manager. Mm. But I think at some stage, the, the, like their temptation will be too strong. Yeah, I feel like it will just be too tempting. On both sides, like totally, um, and it may prove to be the wrong decision, but yeah, I feel like it will just. And it's like I, I feel like these clubs, they just, they love like sort of winning the day in terms of the news, the yeah. news cycle, <laughs> yeah. and it's like they don't think about like long term consequences. Yeah, um, you're right though. They are they're a clever club, so you know maybe they deliberately like steer away from that, but. I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty tempting to to not do it if he keeps tracking as well as he is. Yeah, I think as well it really it really depends on like the desperation of the club at the time of when it happens because they can also see it as like even if it might sour things in the future, they can see these things as like, well, here's a small win that will get the fans off our back for a little bit. Mm. And I think when you're a club that's like under pressure, and if the fans are really annoyed with you about a whole bunch of different things, you can look to some of those small wins of like, well, this will at least keep the fan base happy for a few months. So this maybe this buys us a year <laughs> and then we fix it properly next year. So it would also be like what other managers are available and um, actually legitimately interested in the job. And it's like if they're, if Liverpool are, if there's no one, you know, if everyone else is like, no, we're pretty happy where we are, all the like top top ones, then it's like, well, you know, is it better to do that or to sort of have a risk with a manager who has, like at least Stevie G has played at a club that has been the best or one of the best in the world when he's been playing. He's experienced things at that sort of level. He's like experienced being in Champions League final and um, and are we now a Liverpool podcast, as I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like he's got that sort of experience, so do you take a risk with that? Like I think about this a lot in terms of as well, like um, Spurs bringing back former players. And I think that it hasn't really worked that well in the last like 20 years. Like we've had a bunch of like, like, Oh great. Hoddle's coming back in. Not good. Um, I think when we had Aussie idealers in, it's just, we played a billion attackers and it didn't work out. Um, and it's like, I don't think we've had any players over the last like 10, 15 years who have seriously gone into like coaching and, and, and sort of managing apart well, from like Ledley sure, who's starting it now. Was Sherwood Spurs like during his playing days? Or? Sherwood did, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was he was there for a – would you call him the manager? Uh, I'm not sure. He was uh, <laughs> he was definitely uh, coming up with the lineups, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure whether that – I mean, Mason. Mason. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Mason. Ryan Mason, yeah. Ryan Mason, who's like an assistant coach now, which is cool. Yeah, he's probably the only one who could 
who could come out of that patch. But I do mm. generally agree that it is like it does seem like it's a little trapdoor that yeah. a lot of clubs just fall for constantly mm. just because of the romanticism of like how great would it be, especially if you've got a year when you've got a film crew around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just think it's like wild. Like I think it's such a bad decision almost 90% of the time, especially if it's like the club favourite son like Lampard or Gerard, where with, you know, Gerard's a little bit different now because obviously he's actually seems to be quite a good manager. And say Mason, you know, now that he's been under Conte and eventually say he goes somewhere else and then comes back, he's still not a favourite son of Tottenham. So it's not this like heartbreaking thing if it doesn't go well or like this weird dissonance between wanting the team to win but wanting it to be okay for whoever the manager is, whether it's just like... What's well, just Ryan Mason? So, you know, like he played for us and good on him, but like he's expendable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you're right. He's yeah. like a club legend. Yeah. Like I feel like, for example, if Ledley King, because mm. he's, you know, keeping on going with his coaching badges, like, uh, apart, and even while I'm saying this, I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind saying Ledley King, but like, <laughs> I would want Ledley to prove himself as a, as a manager before then. Mm. Um, but yeah, totally. Like Ryan is not that sort of club legend status. So he could sort of like skip through that check. Yeah, exactly. I suppose Zidane's an example of it going well, you know. It's about- an example of it going well, but also like, I don't know, at Madrid. Yeah. He also sold um, Reggion to us because allegedly Reggion banged his daughter. <laughs> so, oh, no, oh. no, no. His son's girlfriend cheated on his uh, Zidane's son with Reggion. Really? Yeah. Is I've yeah. not heard this. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's news to me. No, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I would love if this is just your fan fiction that you've like yeah. worked in. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up on this podcast, <laughs> see how it goes, and then uh, maybe yeah. next week we get a little bit more. Oh, a little bit more. <laughs> Guys, further on the uh, – just the weirdest. <laughs> um, it's so weird. I reckon, though, there would be heaps of that sort of stuff that goes on in – like there'll be so many petty transfers and things from managers and players and all that that it's like, no, nah, I'm not playing with them anymore. Why not? Ah, let's not go into it. I just yeah. don't want them. They're not, not fast enough. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, well, I wonder, you know, there's all the all those paparazzi shots of Delhi and Pep's daughter um, oh, yeah. out on the town. Um, and I just can imagine Pep being a psycho about that because he's the worst. But um, we'll have to see how that plays out. We'll have to see. I look forward to it. I yeah. Look forward to it. I'd be happened? terrified if Pep opened the door. Like, oh. you know, like you, you're taking your girlfriend home and that's her dad. Like that, I'd just run for the hills. See, what if, but, but if Cop did it. Well, great. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go and have a beer. Yeah, <laughs> we're probably going to talk about history or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, um, it's really weird. Like, I wonder, like, all these managers, and, you know, and certain players have this mystique about them, like, and everything. I wonder how they actually really are sort of like day to day. Like it would be so weird being like up close and personal in that sort of sense. Probably See, so reckon, boring. I reckon Thomas Tuchel would be a super weird character. Like he looks like the kind of guy that would just have like no um, no pictures in his house. Like, yeah. like, like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like no, I don't have any family. All I do is football. Minimalist furniture. Like mm. I like he'd just be super weird. I think. It's super, he'd have like a, a hair collection from all the stray strands that he'd found around his house that people had left and dirtied the place. Yeah. I um, reckon his living room would be um, a fairly small television, no couches apart from one very expensive massage chair <laughs> <laughs> that he'd sit in. I just, yeah, he's a, he's a weird cat. 
He's a weird cat. Um, sh- uh, I should say, I was going to say we should do the A Bit Spursy Medal, which we can explain to you, Brendan, if you I, don't know I think I'm familiar with it. You might need to... I. There's yeah, no maybe, real, maybe read you probably know of it. You've, you've, you've probably, you've heard, probably of heard of it. You might have read I've about it. I've just heard people talking about it on the street. On people on the street, I should say before I forget, um, I met Steph today uh, on Gertrude Street in uh, Fitzroy, um, who is a Spurs fan, and it was really great to meet him. And uh, I really want to see him. Uh, his shirt collection, which sounds amazing. And um, hopefully, uh, if you're listening, Steph, I was very serious about getting in touch with us. Please do, and um, you can come and have a yarn on the pod. Oh, Hang on, yeah, did he recognise you from, like, the pod? Had, how did this come I think about? It's a, it's <laughs> a body. You need to give a few, like, I want, I want you to retell the extra detail you told me earlier of how that came up. So basically he just heard me talking and then was like, Hang, no, no. Um, <laughs> I was wearing, I bought this, uh, this jumper I'm wearing now actually from uh, like the Ukraine or something. Um, and he saw me. Just to was, clarify, it is a Spurs jumper that you bought from the It Ukraine. says Ukraine. No, <laughs> yeah, it's a Spurs <laughs> jumper. It's like uh, when we had Adidas as a sponsor and he saw it and said, I love that jumper. Are you a, and then we talked about the game that had happened today. Um, and then I said, I was, uh, I had previously been ragged on for not promoting this podcast to people that were interested in Tottenham. And so I was like, well, I'm going to try and do it in a way that's not gross. And so I said, do you listen to any Spurs podcasts like Extra Inch or that local one? And he said, <laughs> and he said a bit Spursy. And I said, yeah. And then he was like talking, he, he said he liked it. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then which backfired because I did, I think I thought he would say, I've never heard of that. What is that? It sounds like a place where people go in and make weird fan fiction about Sergio Reggion. <laughs> but like, um, then he said he'd seen it and he liked it. And um, so then, I, you know, we introduced ourselves to each other and I said, I'm Barney. And he said, oh, I recognize, I, I thought I recognized your voice. You're on the podcast. And then it was weird because then it was like, I was like fishing, but I wasn't, I was just trying to, Anyway, this is madness. This yeah. is madness. <laughs> I love it so much. Do you listen to the extra inch? Oh, I don't know that local one. I can't remember the name of it. Yep. Oh, you mean a bit spurs? Yeah, I think that's it. Thinks so. that. Well, when he was saying I love it, I was like, oh, you like it, do you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm just amazed I didn't get bumped for Steph. Like that Steph didn't get just bought in as a guest straight away. Like well, Steph hasn't reached out to us yet yeah, to, uh, okay, right. to jump on. Yeah. Also, so. I told Steph I was like. We're recording today, uh, but we've actually already got a guest. So, uh, <laughs> but come into my van, and I'll, uh, you know, you can maybe join. <laughs> um, your, your wife and and small child can just wait here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was it was I stuffed it. He was really nice. Um, no, that was that was great. That was great. I, yeah. I think that is the way to do it. Like it's you, you did it well. You did it yeah. well. Yep, cool. It's not as bad as the other day I got a tattoo and I you have to pay for cash all the time with the tattoo and I forgot my wallet so I couldn't get money out. So then I had to join NAB Bank because it was the closest on my phone and then be like, I need $400 cash. <laughs> and uh, after I transferred it in, it was a nightmare. Hang on, wait, what? It, it does. It's not important. It's not Spurs related. <laughs> was it a Spurs tattoo? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I just, I got a tattoo. I had to pay in cash. I couldn't. And so then I joined another bank so, so that I, cause they're back they're like, uh, what are they called? The branch was there. So, uh, okay. So then you could like go, Hey, the branch is over there. I'm just going to run over, get the cash out. Yes. Gotcha, but I had gotcha, to gotcha. frantically do it while sweating and bleeding. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Are you part of that bank? Yeah, 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 yep, yep. So yeah, I'm standing in the line, and it was very busy, and people were getting very angry, and I had Glad wrap around this tattoo that was completely covered in blood, and it was all running down my leg. So uh, that is the man you want to give a bank account. To. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> just, was man give you, the, just give him the four hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the man you want to approach in a shop. Talk about Tottenham Hospital with. Um, <laughs> Just get out of our branch. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, uh, we just never want to see you again. <laughs> What's that smell? Um, uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, but the Abit Spursy medal is Spursy good. Metal. Is good. It is also a bit wet and slimy um, in its uh, physical form. Brendan, the way it works is basically uh, it's uh, best player, second best player, third best player. And usually it's meant to be sort of like a 3-2-1 system. So three votes for uh, whoever you thought was the best player of the game and then two and then one and then an encouragement award, which is worth 0.5. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, and you can give out as many encouragement awards as you want. Yeah. Um, players, anyone, coaches, staff, anyone, doesn't really matter. Yeah. Now I remember because I think you gave like Kane minus 10 or something. Like early on. That's happened. And then I remember mm. messaging Dan saying, well, Kane's got a long way to come back. Yeah, from yeah. Here. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah so uh, I've said that. Undercover th- Spurs fan. Yeah, right hello. <laughs> yeah, are, we a, are we a Spurs pot again? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you, and then it's the reverse. So negative one, negative two, negative three. But uh, as you've just said, you can kind of give whatever value. So you can do negative 10, you could do negative 200, you can, um, yeah. It's it's uh, wild. Sorry, what? I was going to say, and they have to like the the positive should be for Spurs players, but they don't. Yeah, no. Like <laughs> so, they can you know. I can vote for Liverpool players. Well, if you want to, if like, you want to, I mean, they're not going to get any more votes for the rest of the year. So, <laughs> well, they got one more fixture. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So they'll have one more opportunity. Um, don't give them <laughs> negative a positive ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the spirit of the award. Yeah, yeah because okay. that will just mean that we'll have to do that to catch up. Yeah, it'll be a nightmare. Yeah, so we're not actually counting these votes until the end of the season. Yeah. And then we're going to do one pod with those going through the votes. We're not going through each vote, but we'll, we'll work, tally them up and go from there. So like, so you don't know the running total at the moment? No, absolutely no idea. No idea. Oh, that's, I like it. It's got a nice way to do it because otherwise yeah. when, we, like, when we did this last season, um, it kind of starts like, skewing your votes a little bit and you're like, they've been playing really well last few weeks. I've given them some, you know, that. So yeah. yeah. Maybe some people tried to make Pierre Emile Hoybier win. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it's corrupt. Um, do you, should I go, uh, do you want to go first? Um, I can go first. Do we want Brendan? Yeah, Brendan should first. go first. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So you go three, two, one or one, two, three. Three, two, one, three, three points to the, the, the best. The best, yeah. Two to the second, one to the third, then encouragement awards, and then negatives. I think for Spurs, best on pitch was pretty clear cut for me. I'll give it to Harry Winks. Oh. Strong vote. Strong, strong vote. vote. As, as much because, like, I just did not expect that from young Harry. Um, but, no, he was really good. Um, I'll give two votes to... Hmm. Maybe Eric Dyer, I think. I think he was pretty solid. Mm. And another player where not a huge fan, but I thought he um I thought he was pretty solid. And then I'll give um I'll give one vote and it's sort of an encouragement award to Sessignon because I thought he did an underratedly good job um shutting down Mo Salah. Yeah. Um 
Yeah, we haven't mentioned him. He was awesome. He, uh, was so yeah, because like yeah, we just got to mention Silent getting like shut down a yeah, little bit. But, but didn't did, mention didn't mention who did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, what's the story with Sessegnon? So, like, I don't know too much about him. What? Because I thought he was more of an attacking player than than a wing back as he was playing yeah. in this. So my understanding is at Fulham, more of an attacking player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we bought him. Um, he played one season in the Premier League. I'm pretty sure it was one season in the Premier League. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then I think they Fulham went back down. We bought him for like 30 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, cool, a player for the future. When we bought him, I thought he was going to go straight in and find a spot in the team. But then he went last season, he was um, playing in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't actually know too much about where he was playing there. But my understanding is that this whole time we have been trying to sort of do the reverse bail and like convert him into a more wing back as opposed to a winger. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea with him is that like he, he actually can go forward well, but it's like, cool, can we make him a pretty decent defender? And, you know, find a, you know, if you have like him and, um, and Reggie on the left competing, that's a pretty good young fullback, like, you know, left back duo to sort of go with there. So that's kind of where he is, but he hasn't played a whole lot for Spurs. Um, he's like, I can't remember the last game he played for us that was like a league game. Yeah, I don't know. So when we bought him, he was injured at the time and then the injury that he had ended up being much longer than they thought it was going to be. So he barely played. And then when he did play, he was rusty and lacking confidence. And then we sent him on loan. He had a really good start of the season there and I think it was like a pretty good end but nothing too special. Was it Hoffenheim? Yeah, it was Hoffenheim that he went to. And but when we signed him, he was a winger, and then <laughs> all the for some reason there was this collective understanding from all Spurs fans that was like, and we're going to play him at left back, and it was like, and he's ready for it. It's like, no, he's not. Like he's played one season in Premier League as a winger, um, but yeah, he looked, he had a great game. I was really, really impressed. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit like I wonder if we're hoping for a second Danny Rose. I reckon that's what the plan is. Yeah, because when we bought him, he was left winger. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, he's actually pretty not not bad in the tackle, not bad in that, and then mm. became a pretty like pretty elite level wing back. Yeah, so I feel like maybe just given how the game is going these days, we're looking more for you know fullbacks and and wingbacks who are more attackingly focused initially, and we think that we can just sort of coach them defensively to become solid. Rather than sort of looking for a defensive player and teaching them how to go forward, mm. like maybe it is easier to sort of get a player who who offensively is really good and sort of get that defensive side into them. I thought his positioning was just really good because like uh, often when you try and do that with players, they're they're really reluctant to play as defenders. Like they'll they'll always be sort of like inching on like the the wrong side. They, like they won't be goal side or they won't be committed to being goal side, but. He seemed to get forward a lot of the time, but he was never out of position in terms of always having two against Salah on that side. Um, so maybe kind of like method acting, like he was a winger for, and he went method on that to really get an understanding of how wingers work for a few years. And so now it's like he can do that because he's inside; he's inhibit, inhabited the mind of a winger before, so he'll know where the winger wants to go. Yeah, nice fan fiction, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was. <laughs> hey, just because mine didn't have the sexual uh, yeah, notes all that you of, had. all my fiction has a, a sexual element to it. It might be minor, it might be major, but it's in there. It's in there. Oh yeah. Um, negative votes. Do you have any negs to give out? <laughs> Do you have any negs to give? Yeah. You gonna neg anyone? Yeah. Um, neg some of our players. What was the ref's names? Um, uh, 
Paul Tierney? Tierney, yeah. yeah. No, he can have some negs because yep. him and and um and Mr. VAR as well. <laughs> it goes in as two Mr. VAR. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. VAR. Yeah. Also, I think it's just ridiculous the way that they do it, like how the VAR is like right in front of the fans there. Like <laughs> yeah. wasn't even in the tunnel. It was like why is he going and standing in front of like <laughs> yeah. these these irate fans? Like <laughs> perfect objective decision yeah, making. Like, <laughs> I'd love we... it if they had. Do you remember for the Euros they had that little like I think it was a little VW car or whatever um, that was it would like they put the match ball on it and it would drive out to the oh, the yeah. center spot and they would take the ball off it. Did you ever see that? Uh, well, oh, like when for the start of the match. Are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, this is the start yeah, of the yeah. match. They put I on thought the you were little... saying that they. Took out the VAR. Is well, that where you're going? What I'm thinking is yeah. like with this, they could have a little iPad on the back of a little car, mm. drive that out to the ref on the field. <laughs> and then you remember like that Macca's ad where it's like it would go around. And um, don't you remember that like when we were kids, like it was the kid who was ordering Macca's but couldn't leave his house or something. And so he put money on like a little remote control car, drove oh, it to Macca's. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Got yeah, given the order note and drove it. it back. It had a little note on it, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 a little yeah. note on it. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that kid started Uber Eats? <laughs> hey, that's they've done well. Yeah, they've done really well. <laughs> um, the yeah, maybe they could do that for the ref. Because or I do agree, it seems weird with that with a wall of fans behind them. Yeah, they either either the car idea, which is solid, mm. <laughs> or they just go into a little photo booth, like you know, like on oh. pitch side. So like we can't even see what his face, how he's reading it. So if like it's a horrific tackle, he can just react emotionally as he would as if no one was watching him. I feel like that photo booth, it has to have the curtain like the ones normally do. So you'd still see his little <laughs> feet just in there, yeah. pull yeah. the curtain closed. And you get a little trail of photos after it. So yeah. if he does yeah. have a really great reaction, we have a record. I thought that would be a great way like we're not because all the other players come up and they argue about it. If mm. you've just got that little, you can just give them the little sort of like Polaroid things and there you go, done. This shows the full scope of my emotions mm. look i it was worse than i thought but mm. not wasn't a red yeah and the evidence is here so you know what when we started this recording i didn't think we were going to solve var but we've yeah. done it yeah we have brilliant well done certainly more entertaining than <laughs> yeah, the current good. system bring a bit of theater back into it yeah bring some theater back into it see i was thinking you could be on the back of like a huge dog or, <laughs> or a bull and then it goes out because then the players are going to be too scared to to argue and the dog just sits there or the bull and um, has a screen on its back uh, like a turtle. And then uh, it's a tur- maybe a turtle would a be turtle. fun. Be just really slow. Um, <laughs> well, injury time just went yeah, through yeah, the yeah, roof. Yeah. <laughs> be the same pace that Robertson was walking yeah, yeah. off the yeah, field. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, well, it's, it's not, it gives a player a chance to calm down, I think, if, exactly. you, if you did that. Mm, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the VAR turtle comes. <laughs> Well, it would be a tortoise, wouldn't it? It wouldn't even be a turtle because the turtle would. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Because I think a, t- a turtle is water only. Yeah. A terrapin is both. Oh, or is it is a terrapin water only? I've never it's, heard that word before. Yeah, it's terrapin, tortoise, and turtle. Mm-hmm. One of them is land-based, which I think is a tortoise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a tortoise, definitely. Turtle, I think, may uh, one, uh, turtle and terrapin i think terra maybe because land i assume terrapin yeah. goes both mm. and maybe turtle is sea only yeah so it means that if that is true whenever we see little illustrations of a turtle with feet that is incorrect yeah because they should have little flippers yes yeah so the var tortoise <laughs> unless <laughs> also they terrapin. live to like 200 years old so you would only have to hire you know like a few and then they they're going to last you 200 years it's a good investment yeah exactly 
Um, yeah, anyway, so my votes <laughs> for, for the uh, medal, I'm same as Brendan, three votes, Harry Winks. Um, actually, no, no, I've, I've slagged him off so much. Ten votes for Harry Winks because mm. this was so good. I was so impressed. Um, two votes for Delhi. Uh, no, wait, that seems bad if I've given Harry. It doesn't matter. I don't want to throw the whole thing out. Uh, <laughs> two votes for Delhi, same thing. Uh, it was really good to see him have a, a renaissance game uh, and one vote for Sess um, because it was so good to see him out there and doing such a good job. Um, I'm going to give a, a bonus or encouragement award to Antonio Conte because yet again, like just so good to have him. I'm so pleased. Uh, negative votes. I'm going to give um, a negative vote to uh, Tierney or three negative votes to Tierney because it was just horrific refereeing. Um, I'm going to give a ne- negative two to um, uh, Klopp um, mm. because he just annoyed me after the game. Um, and I'm going to give a negative one to the Mirror newspaper um, because they <laughs> put up a story today about um, how much danger Robinson was in and it, uh, with Kane's tackle, similar to when um, Van Dyke – did he do his ACL because of Pickford? Or I can't remember what the actual oh, injury yeah, was. Yeah, I think yeah, it was, it was ACL. And there was all these calls for like the police to be involved. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's assault if that's that happens assault, at the pub. That's assault. Imagine doing that at the pub. Like someone's like, do you want to fight? And you're like, yeah. And then you like, slide <laughs> down and do, make them do their ACL. Um, yeah, so that's uh, those are my votes. Yeah, great. Um, mine are similar. Um, three to Winks. Yep. Um, I was getting more, but like <laughs> weeks ago, player of the season based off one game here. Yeah. Um, but he was really, really good. Really, really good. And um, like we've spoken, there's there, there has to be one player who just gets like Conte-sized mm. and like who gets just, you know, turned into a player that we didn't know that they could ever be. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who that is at the moment, but it could possibly be Winks. So um, if he keeps playing like this. Yeah. So three votes to Winks. Uh, two to Delhi as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because that we've already spoken so much about him and um, great. Like we can get stuck in when he plays badly, but we have to like when he plays really well and we see glimpses of what he can do, got to give him some positives there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I want to give out two ones. Okay. Um, so one to Sess yep. for, again, what we've spoken about with with Salah. I think like when you're playing against Mo Salah, it's difficult to go like, well, we want to see a bit more offensively from him. Um, especially when like, you know, the tactics around the game are probably like, Hey, just kind of defend Mo, mm. <laughs> like shut him down and don't really worry about much else. But I think like, yeah, I, I, I still want to see like a little bit more from like Cess, but I think it is a good, really, really good start. And then the other one is to Dyer because mm-hmm. again, like I think him, he seems so suited to this center in a back three yeah, um, where he's not having to man mark another player, but he's, you get the ball to him and he like distributes it pretty well mm. for a center back. And I think once we get Romero back in there as well, who's also got a decent pass on him too, like this could be a pretty, pretty decent back line. And then suddenly like getting in 15 defenders, which we all claim that we need to do in the next transfer window is not as much of a priority mm. uh, when we have that. So definitely um, for Dyer, I'm going to give him um, minus three to Klopp. Yep. I'm also going to give an encouragement to Conte because I think it was like well played. Yep. Well played, well set up. Minus three to Klopp, complaining. And I think just like minus, I don't know, 50 to Mr. VAR. Yep. Um, even though we sort of benefited from it with the Robertson one, it was just like if we play this game with it, like 
I don't want to have this thing of like, well, over the course of the season, hopefully it balances out. Some days we'll have really bad ones. Some days we'll have really good ones. It's like, let's just get it to a state where we can just always have okay days. Yeah. Because then it balances out because then you can have okay-ish or like okay good or okay bad, not horrific and and like you get away with a whole bunch of stuff. Totally. Because that's, yeah, that's not how it works. Um, great. Cool. Okay. Those are the bit Spursy Metal votes. Yeah. Um, for that, and uh, we're not doing Carabao Cup, so no. that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but uh, we should say uh, thanks, Brendan. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping that we'd say it at the same time. Oh, thanks, 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 Brendan, <laughs> for coming onto the pod. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, well, yeah apart from that last bit. That oh, was, okay. <laughs> we've ruined it. We've ruined it. You said we would, and I went for it. I went for it. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Steph. Um, thank you. Is anyone else to say thank you to? Uh, thank you, Mr. Conte. Thank you, Conte. For helping us believe again. Yeah. Yeah. For giving us back our, uh, the glimmer in our eyes, um, and the fire in our hearts. hearts. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Cool. Um, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And I've been Brendan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to a bit Spursy. We will be. I feel it's it's a bit Spursy and a little bit Liverpool. And a little bit Liverpool (laughs) this week. Yeah. We, we kind of. Uh, veered from the path um, but we'll be back on the path next week and there's going to be garters up so we can't go off um, yeah and we'll have a few games then like mm. I still the, the, the one one thing we really haven't spoken about is that even though we're going out of uh, the conference league now mm. and uh, which is a blessing at the moment yep. it's like we still have so many games to reschedule mm-hmm. so I've got no idea if any of them have actually been rescheduled yet I don't think they have mm-hmm. but we're going to have there's going to be a lot of football coming up yeah. Which is great to watch in some ways, but also kind of scary at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, We've got Palace, I think, is the next game. And I hope we crush them um, after how they absolutely embarrassed us last time we played. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much for listening and come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.